Hello, and welcome back to Novel Gaming, a podcast about video games and books with an evolution of other mm. pop culture. I'm Doug. I'm Katie. And Happy New Year! Whoa, our first episode of 2023. We made it. Yeah. Didn't think I would get here. I don't know. Time is weird, and it's weird that it keeps <laughs> happening. <laughs> but... Uh, New Year's in general uh, can be times of growth and change. You know, there's that whole uh, new year, new me thing that people <laughs> say. Uh, and today our main topic is going to be focusing on video games, video game characters or franchises or whatever video game related that really take that phrase on. <laughs> so ones that have had some sort of transformation. And even though we're talking about change, we're still going to do our regular show format. So <laughs> before we actually talk about those games or characters or whatever, let's do some checking in on things we've been reading, watching or thinking about. So Doug, mm -hmm. what you been reading? Uh, ironically, uh, nothing new, but I have been reading stuff. <laughs> I love it. Everything else is the same except for the things we talk about during our main topic. <laughs> well, because I, I, um, well, one of them, I guess is like sort of new ish. Um, one of them I just continued reading, which is Heartstopper. Oh, I just yay. continued to read it. So I'm now, I've got three volumes down i've got one left and i believe i saw somewhere that there is a volume five um incoming uh, and maybe it's available as like in web form or something i don't i don't know i don't look super deep into it i think it's i guess maybe heartstopper was a web comic first and then it was collected into volumes oh. who knows <laughs> i learned uh of heartstopper in reverse order with the show <laughs> first so uh, i'm obviously behind on all that but it has continued I was, you're not the only one i don't yeah. think for sure. No, definitely not. Um, it's continued to be incredibly sweet. Uh, I am past the point that the show got, so I now have oh. kind of an idea of what will probably happen next if they if they take inspiration from the, the book still. Uh, and I've met some characters that I think I might have seen have been cast. So I, I kind of think I know what the show will do next. But, you know, we'll we'll see, I guess. Hell yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, I really like it. The The other thing I've been reading, I've mentioned the show before, uh, I think maybe only briefly, though. I started reading the manga of Blue Period, or Blue Period, hmm. um, which was an anime that I started watching... Um, and I guess I watched oh. all of what was available, but Netflix isn't, is going to Netflix. So yeah. there were only like 12 episodes. It's the art one. Yeah. Where it got you real pumped to do art. Yes. Yes. Hell yeah. So I'm really excited to be reading it now because uh, once again, it's getting me pumped about art. Uh, but two, there's 10 volumes of that as <gasps> opposed to the 12 episodes that Netflix put out. And I feel like in just reading two volumes, I've watched or I've read the majority of what I watched. So oh, nice. I have a feeling there is a lot more uh, than when I got the first time. Hell yeah. Do you, this is more TV related than book related. Do you mm -hmm. know, is the, is there more of that show that is available just not on Netflix or are they making more of that show? Well, I think it was a, I think it was an anime series that was probably I think it was produced by Netflix. Oh. Uh, so I'm not 100% sure. I feel like I saw that they were going to make more, but I'm not super confident. Yeah. Well, here's hoping. 
I know, for sure. And sometimes, I mean, honestly, just seeing that Netflix renewed something isn't even a guarantee anymore. So yeah. I don't know. So I'm happy to just read read the 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 books. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> These exist regardless yeah. of what Netflix does. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right on. <laughs> But I do like it. I'm, I'm I'm reminded of what I like so much about it. There are definitely points in the books uh, similar to in the show where if you are not necessarily interested in art, I would say, first off, why even read it? Because it's, it's like <laughs> unabashedly just about like art and making art and the artistic process. But there are parts where it's just very it's, it's almost like uh, almost textbooky where it's like now like this whole page is dedicated to like. Uh, the main character learning about what composition is, Ooh. but then it's just you learning what composition is. <laughs> That's sneaky. I like it, that. Yeah, but it's really yeah, it's really cool. That sounds like something like a really hip high school art teacher would like <laughs> right. have their class read yeah. and secretly teach them about art through this yeah. cool means. <laughs> I mean, I I do sometimes think like, what if there's some kid out there who like doesn't realize because because the the story of this is a, a kid who wants to get good at art and sort of learned only in high school that they were interested and i said only in high school like that wasn't also a lot of us right um but they treat it like it's sort of a later realization for him than basically everybody he's around um and so it's it's a really like tonally it's very chill and sort of uh you know art kid dramatic if you will but it but the story structure is kind of like you know a, a typical shonen anime protagonist where it's like if i just work hard enough and want it and like commit myself i will be successful um and in this case it actually kind of makes more sense than an average like shonen anime protagonist cuz it talks about like art is a thing you can learn mm -hmm. and get better at and practice and study. Um, so I do wonder if there are like, you know, kids or adults out there who end up reading this and realizing like, Oh, actually art is maybe more accessible than I thought yeah, it was. I can do art. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so too. Yeah. And it's cool. Cause like, you know, the, the um, author and artists will include uh, actual artwork and then like cite what it is. So if you wanted to, you know, dig oh. more, you could. That's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Um, and I'm reading it on my digital library. So it's like pretty accessible. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah for digital libraries. Oh my gosh, for real. Support your libraries. Get a library card. For if real. you need a New Year's resolution, here's one for you. Uh, go get a library card or re-up your library card or whatever the case is. <laughs> yep. Check out more books from the library. Mm-hmm. And uh, help libraries defend themselves against people who are uh, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Please. We need it. Librarians and people who work in libraries don't deserve it. <laughs> Go libraries. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, what have you been reading? Well, funnily enough, speaking of Go Libraries, <gasps> I am reading a book called The Book Woman of Troublesome Ooh. Creek by Kim Michelle Richardson. This is a book set in like 1920s, 1930s Kentucky, and it follows uh, a young woman who uh, is part of the Pack Horse Library Project. So she rides around the mountains of Kentucky uh, <laughs> and delivers books and reads to people and creates scrap 
like books for people. Um, And I don't know, I haven't looked into any of the historical stuff around this other than one thing about this woman is that she is a blue skinned person in Kentucky, which mm -hmm. is a real thing that people are or were. Um, And people are really mean to her because of that and that's a true thing like there were actually people who had and maybe still have blue skin uh, mm-hmm. who lived in Kentucky so I, I'm also assuming that the pack horse program is a real thing but I don't know I haven't looked into any other details <laughs> but life is tough in the Kentucky mountains in the 1920s and 30s so uh, I'm not super deep into it but it's different from what I normally read. So I'm enjoying the kind of change of pace of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's like firmly Appalachia, right? Like, yeah. Life is probably still tough for a lot of people there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine in the 20s. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited to read more and see what happens. And then afterwards, do a deep dive into 1920s, 1930s, Kentucky and Pack Horse Librarian Projects and all this yeah. kind of stuff. That sounds so cool. So do you know if, so this, it sounds like this is historical fiction, right? Like it's based on real stuff, but the, the specifics aren't necessarily, it's not like an auto or a biography or anything. Correct. Yeah. The person who wrote it is from Kentucky, but I don't believe they're related at all or to like, I don't think this is their family story or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Dang, that sounds cool. Yeah. Hmm. I'm hoping they'll put a good a good bit of stuff in the author's notes so i know where to start kind of looking (laughs) afterwards yeah 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 but go librarians yeah go librarians (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well what about watching stuff doug um you're reading a lot of things that were tv shows are you also watching things that were books uh i don't think so not that i'm aware of uh but i have been watching a lot i won't mention all of it but i'm like on a a podcation from the weekly podcast that i do uh about spider-man so i've had uh, a lot of time that i don't normally have uh to just watch things so watching lots of stuff the thing i definitely do want to mention though is i watch strange world (gasps) disney's is were you gonna talk about this yeah yeah hell yeah strange world perfect well uh oh my i guess we could just dive right into that then yeah um yeah i watched strange world if people don't know about it i wouldn't be surprised Uh, i feel like it was so mad uh severely and sort of criminally under advertised i have been excited for it for a long time but i don't think i am considered your average consumer when it comes to animated movies like i know what movie pixar is going to put out in like five years you know most people (laughs) don't think like that so quick plug doug has a a pixar podcast you can check out too called falling with style you can uh all 26 movies we went through all of them (laughs) um but uh but yeah so i i've been excited for it for a while and then it just kind of like quietly came out which was really weird to me Mm -hmm. because or strange if you will because uh it seemed cool and different and original Um, and I liked it. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't call it like the most groundbreaking movie they've ever made, but I thought it was really good and does really fucking cool stuff. Oh my gosh. Yes. So many cool things, both in terms of like characters, but Mm -hmm. also setting 
uh, and story stuff. I'm so glad you watched it. As I was watching, I was like, I hope Doug has watched this. (laughs) So I'm so glad you did. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I I can't, (laughs) it really it really sort of I, I'm hoping that having this sort of like extra time uh, and like reaping the rewards of the extra time will help me like focus myself moving forward, like into doing more of the podcasting stuff again so that I can like not miss out on this stuff. Cause mm. like, I don't know if I would have been even thinking about it necessarily. Um, but I was like, I've got time. I'll watch this. I've oh, been yeah. waiting for this movie for years, you know? So, um, so yeah, definitely watched it. I'm glad you watched it too. I was wondering if, if you had, um, one, I was wondering because I, I genuinely don't know if people know this movie happened. Um, but two, uh i it was it was weird like if i was weighing it out uh the side of me that doesn't know if people know this movie happened is pretty heavy but the side of this movie has explicitly queer stuff yeah yeah yeah, also kind of heavy when you're involved (laughs) (laughs) so i didn't really know how to predict like the likelihood of you having watched it already (laughs) yeah the the queer stuff is what really tipped it in my favor because i uh didn't know that it had actually come out and I think it might have also been in theaters, but nobody knew about it. It was in theaters first. Yeah, it was in theaters for, I think maybe it came out around like the Thanksgiving holiday um, and then dropped on Disney Plus like very shortly after for the Christmas holiday. I don't know if that was the initial plan or not. Yeah. I haven't looked into it, but the yeah. turnaround from theater to streaming was very quick. Yeah. And the, I feel like, uh, so I only know it came out in theaters because I looked into the movie afterwards and saw people being like, how come nobody promoted this movie yep. um, when it was in theaters or when it was coming, you know, to Disney plus um, because it has a very explicitly queer, like main character, like in the duo mm-hmm. or trio of main characters, there's one that is queer and people are cool with it. So it's also cool that it's not like anything major. Yeah. Um, and the basic, I'm mean, we have, We've just been saying, what a cool movie. It does different <laughs> things, right? But we haven't said what it's actually yeah. kind of about. Do you want to explain briefly sure. the, the plot? Yes. So I'll, I'll, I I guess like I'll do the quick er, like early movie premise piece, which is like it centers around this uh, this guy who is named Searcher, uh, who is a farmer and his father was an explorer and his father didn't want him or like wanted him to be an explorer and he didn't want to be and that created friction and they became estranged and then Searcher raises a family um, and then things sort of happen that force him to confront uh, the sort of legacy of his uh, explorer father and then they go on this sort of wild uh strange adventure uh <laughs> him and his family yeah and it's really cool and i did cry a little i wasn't i yeah. didn't think i was going to but it got me at the end <laughs> yeah yeah i buy it i mean there there's a lot of like like you said character stuff just generally but also like sort of groundbreakingly in a way like Mm -hmm. um searcher ends up having his own family and his son um is the sort of explicitly queer representation it's established very early on in the movie it's like the first Um, thing we learn about him yeah and it's not it doesn't drop off like they could have very easily just been like here is your quick moment of like confirmed queerness but they continue to address it um very casually 
like because it's a teenage character with a crush yeah. throughout the movie and because his family is there in varying degrees throughout the movie. Him about it. Right. <laughs> right. Um and so it's it's a constant within the movie um but it's handled in the way that I feel like a lot of us have been just waiting for big studios to figure out like this is how you can do just like normal queer people stuff in movies Mm -hmm. that aren't explicitly about somebody's like queer journey like both things should be allowed in Mm -hmm. (laughs) storytelling like some things can be about that particular journey and sometimes people just exist you know and this is an example of like uh, this character just exists and it's a part of who they are because of the people that they care about and the people that care about him. Um, but it's not, yeah, it's not considered like an obstacle for literally anybody involved. Yeah. Um, and it's really sweet. Yeah. And there's, uh, you know, it, the main couple is an interracial couple mm-hmm. and there's multiple, like it, it, they're not, they're not the only the wife and son aren't the only people of right. color in the movie. Um, so I don't know. And everybody's hot. Everybody's like really hot in that movie. Oh my God. I don't know if you felt similarly, but holy crap. The president. (laughs) I was like, holy shit. Look at this Mm -hmm. big, strong woman. (laughs) A lot of like uncomfortably well rendered facial hair and just hair in general. It's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. You figured out a way to make like a bunch of extremely cartoonish people hot. Yeah. Like everybody. Yeah. (laughs) It's, uh, a very different vibe than Hades, yeah. but everybody's hot in it too. Yeah. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really, really cool. I don't. It, it's interesting. Like, I don't want to get more into the story because right. I feel like if you haven't seen something like it, it's a really cool story to watch unfold. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily like, I think there's a a decent likelihood folks will have seen something like it or start to suspect something along the way, but I don't think it's in the way that detracts from the story or the message of the movie, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really cool. I really like it. I think it'd be in the spirit of the movie to go in not knowing and kind yeah. of open to exploring what it is. Yeah. Exploring. Yay. Yeah. I, it also lands somewhere I didn't expect. So I think that's really cool too. Yeah. There were multiple times like, are we going to do this? No. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. 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 Yeah. I was just having a conversation with somebody about like whether predictability equals good or bad. Mm -hmm. And I think that like just simply being able to predict an outcome doesn't make it bad. Like if, if you can kind of predict certain things, everything else kind of needs to like work harder. And I think for me, like there were some things about strange world I could kind of predict, but everything else was working harder. Mm -hmm. So it never felt like, I never felt like disappointed by anything, you know, sometimes you watch something and you're like, I know exactly how all this is going to go. And then nothing else is doing anything that cool. And you're just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. This was not that. Yeah. It's a good movie. Watch it and then tell people about it because nobody will be doing a public service. I know because it's going to end up being one of those stupid situations where it's like well i guess we just can't market queer stuff in disney movies mm-hmm. and it's like you didn't market it to begin with <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. so tell everybody word of mouth stream it a lot stream it on all your profiles if you have a kid's profile on disney specifically stream it on there you know all the above yeah <laughs> oh yay oh uh, that's so exciting mm-hmm. uh that that both of us watched that oh that makes me happy <laughs> i did as soon as you said strange world i did exclaim so were there other things that you wanted to talk about that you had watched um i mean i i don't know i mean i i 
I can note some things like a new season of the circle started. So that's exciting. Um, I think it's like two weeks in as we're recording this. It might honestly almost be over by the time this episode drops because those seasons (laughs) go so fast. Oh, shoot. Um, but also this isn't really like that big a deal, but I, I told myself I wasn't going to do this and then I started doing it. I've been watching old seasons of the challenge, like from Ah. the early to mid 2000 or 2010s. Um, and I don't know why I'm doing it. (laughs) It's like, it's not like an era of reality TV or like a vibe of reality TV I necessarily like want, but I can't Mm. stop watching it because I know everybody, you know what I mean? So it's like, well, I already know these people. So I kind of can just like put it on and it is interesting. Um, And in some cases I'm like, well, I guess I am actually glad to know that about you. Yeah. Their Uh, origin stories in reality TV competitions. Yeah. 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 So (laughs) a lot of that. (laughs) Well, that's fun. That is what I did watch. Like those things. Like I, when it was, Mm -hmm back in the day uh yeah. so that's fun but yeah. you don't you have no nostalgia for it because you didn't so well yeah that's what's strange is like i don't have any nostalgia for it i have like the reverse which is like i i met so many of these people 10 years after mm-hmm. uh what i'm watching now so either i'm watching them I, I'm introduced to them 10 years after they started or in some cases like 15 years after wow, they started. Yeah. And sometimes it's really cool to see that. Sometimes it's like I there's a part of me that wishes I didn't know this about you, but I'm oh. glad that I do because now I can like not root for you in the present day. You know what I mean? Oh, no. Um, and sometimes it just provides context for things that like are hard to understand jumping in 30 seasons deep. You know, right. so, yeah, the history. Um, yeah, I do. I do always feel nostalgic for reality TV that is like a time capsule. So even though I mm. don't have nostalgia from a point of like having watched it before, I am sort of like, oh, my God, this is very 2011. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The flavor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, nice. <laughs> Anything else that you uh, that you wanted to shout out or was it Strange World through and through for you? Strange World was the the big thing that I was looking to, Hell yeah. to talk about. So <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Well, is there other stuff you're thinking about uh, or want to mention? I just wanted to ask, since it is the start of a new year, uh, are you are you doing, exploring, considering any sort of like reading challenges for 2023? You know, I I looked at the read harder challenge and I was like, mm-hmm. maybe I'll do that. I don't know. I haven't committed to anything yet. Um, I just yesterday counted you know, how many books did I, uh, how many books did I play? How many books did I read? (laughs) How many video games did I beat? Um, but I, I'm not always, I'm not really driven by number stuff. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to know after the fact, but, um, so I don't, I don't know, probably reading around the same book amount of books that I've read in the past couple years, Mm -hmm. um, which is like in the, 70 to 85 range nice so that's about it just nice. trying to stay on track how about you you gonna read a cookbook from the read harder challenge wow i'm like why do they always <laughs> can i here's my gripe i i've done the read harder challenge i think like two years not in a row or anything like just twice i have done it um and well i don't understand why they want you to read a cookbook like it doesn't like several cookbooks or at least any of the ones i own there's nothing to read other than recipes so i'm assuming they mean like a cookbook that also has 
stories like a blog like i'm so confused by that prompt. there are some books that have like little uh there is a cookbook that i got kind of recently it's by an internet personality named the korean vegan and so it's korean vegan food and i think in the beginning it has like a little bit of how she because she used to be a lawyer Mm -hmm. i don't know if she still is um but maybe if i read this cookbook i'll know but i think in the beginning (laughs) there are a couple pages of like personal storytelling um but I th- mostly cookbooks are recipes. <laughs> That's my association. Yeah. But even like knowing that the one that you're talking about is an internet personality, it makes sense to me because like, r- like looking up recipes on the internet is like a notoriously funny process right. because you read like an entire blog recipe, before you please. can find the recipe. Yeah. yeah. So like that in, in that other direction makes sense to me. But like, I have like the better homes and garden, like better home <laughs> and gardens cookbook, which is literally just a binder full of recipes. So <laughs> I, maybe I'm just doing it wrong, but that always, and it's like every year. <laughs> I don't understand. Anyway, that's a, a mini rant. I don't know if I'm going to do the read harder. I haven't decided yet. Um, I, for the past few years have made my Goodreads goal a hundred books. I haven't oh, hit nice. it in like a while um, but I keep making it 100 just because I feel like it's a nice number and I've done yeah. it before and it's achievable if I just like you know make time for reading so it, it ends up being one of those like nice reminder like good lofty goal like lofty but achievable goals so yeah. I know I'm gonna set my my number at 100 whether I get there or not who cares um, as for read harder we'll we'll see about you read harder <laughs> <laughs> but I do love read harder I think it's really cool yeah it's a great way to find like book categories or books that I don't normally read. So I do, even if I don't do the challenge, I'll still look and refer back to the, the challenge multiple times throughout the year just to see. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just look at what the, the prompts are and then like search what books would fit into that. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes people just make full lists where they're like, do you need help with your read harder? Yeah. Um, And I found books that way, even if I'm not doing the challenge that year. Yeah. That was all I had. I was just curious. Yeah. Cool. Oh, maybe I'll actually... Last year, I had a very... I said it out loud, but didn't end up doing it. Reading that (laughs) uh, Press Reset book, I still have not done it. So maybe that'll be my goal. (laughs) Yeah. I ended up getting it from the library and then didn't make time to read it. So I still haven't read it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe... Oh, maybe that could be a book club one. It could. We've never done nonfiction, right? No, I don't think so. Not at least for the podcast. No, no. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll let that marinate. Yeah. All right. So you ready to talk uh, gaming transformations? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So as a reminder, um, our prompt was to pick a video game, a character, a franchise, or whatever video game related that had undergone some sort of change or transformation or evolution. Um, (laughs) We didn't really specify what any of that meant, though. Uh, And (laughs) I, I don't know about you, Doug. I had a little bit of a challenge coming up with my three um so i'm excited to hear like about what you came up with and your thought process and all that i don't know did you struggle at all to come up with three i did and and when you pitched it as one of the possible ideas for the episode like my initial gut reaction was like oh my god not that that's like way too hard but then i thought about (laughs) it and was like well that's why i should do it then right like that's that's kind of like i think it would be fun um to sort of 
make it a challenge. And it was, I think largely because I first focused on trying to think of characters that underwent some sort of transformation, Mm -hmm. like story wise. Yeah. And I was like, I don't feel like I play at least recently, like in the past five years or so, certainly not like, um, like uh in comparison to like what the sort of landscape is i don't play a lot of like deeply character driven or narrative driven games Mm -hmm. um anymore not for any reason other than like i just have gotten lost in other stuff so i was like super duper struggling um but i think i came out okay i've got sort of one that's probably an obvious answer for me one that's something i hadn't thought about in maybe a decade or so. So I'm glad that we did this. And then one that's very, very new, um, mm. like within the past week. I'm excited to yeah. to hear. Would you like to kick us off? You want to go back and forth? Sure. Let's do it. I was just going to ask, are yours in any sort of order? Um, I will. I mean, not in any order that really matters, but I'm going to do my most obvious one first, I think. Okay. Um, just because it's, it's sort of predictable. And I think it's an easy one to sort of uh understand the moment it get men- it gets mentioned and i think it's a predictable answer for me um so i'm just going to start with that and that is just like the pokemon franchise <laughs> yeah i was i was like maybe i should do arceus and i was like no no doug's gonna talk about that <laughs> well it is interesting like i because i was so locked in to the idea of like character transformations i didn't think i was gonna talk about pokemon because pokemon has very few mm-hmm. sort of like um like character arcs um the the current game or the most recent game scarlet and violet actually has several but i don't want to spoil things Mm. for people because they're good (laughs) um so i I was like i'll probably steer clear of it but if i wanted to i guess i could talk about the the character red like the initial protagonist Mm. red your player character uh because he does go on to continue being a character throughout the franchise and like you see him even as recent as ultra sun and ultra moon like grown up and still sort of a character within the Mm. video game side of things like he is not ash ketchum they're like separate characters so i was like i guess i could talk about that but then i was like i could just talk about the whole franchise i mean it is (laughs) wild i mean like the current conversation with pokemon right now is like holy crap this started as a game boy game right uh sort of a, a slow as hell turn-based um really sort of simple rpg um and now it's you know expanding into open world a thousand plus monsters um changing the way it tells stories all that sort of stuff and it's it's wild to think about if you had shown me what pokemon game i'm playing now to me Mm. at 10 years old like my head would have exploded yeah you know yeah. Yeah. Even just like the gameplay mechanics and how you do things really within the past, you know, year um, yeah. <laughs> have been very significant changes in that. that I mean, if you I told me five years love. ago, I wouldn't have to use a computer to sort my my <laughs> team. I would have like, uh, you know, I would have thought you were a demon like <laughs> sent to, you know, trick me or something like no way. Yeah. <laughs> uh. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is it's it's really cool. And just the franchise as a whole, like 
I, I joke sometimes that I'm really lucky that all the things I got into when I was like around 10 or so are still going, you know, like all I, I just lucked out and picked all the right franchises to to be into for 25 years or whatever. Um, and it is wild Pokemon in general. Um, I don't know. Did you see this? This isn't game related, but it is still Pokemon related. Did you see that the anime is actually oh going gosh. to move on from Ash Ketchum? <laughs> I genuinely could not believe it. And then- I still kind of don't. Uh, I... <laughs> I mean, I haven't I haven't consistently watched the anime in a lot of years, but I was like I still felt emotions. And I was like it literally sure. doesn't matter. This is going to probably be really cool, but I was yeah. like, "Oh my gosh, Ash is gone." Yeah. Well, it's wild because it's like the thing I've wanted since I don't know, probably like 5 years into the show. I'm like, "Can we like move on? Can we like mm-hmm. there are other characters that we could we could explore here." So I've been like waiting for this and I still I'm sort of like, "But but he's not really gone, is yeah. he? He'll like come back though, right? <laughs> well, who knows, right? Like, if they if they ever start making movies again, like because it's yeah. been a couple of years, and for them that's a long time. He probably maybe would still I be in know. the movies. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's unreasonable that he would a appear cameo. in yeah or something. But it is wild that they dedicated over twelve hundred episodes of a TV wow. show to this one character. Um, and now he's out but i also never thought we'd reach a thousand pokemon and uh have an open world so yeah pokemon's come a long way (laughs) for real for real for real Oh yeah, yeah. Well, what what's the first thing uh, you've got on your? Did did you order your list in any particular way? So the the order they're in is the order I thought of them. Oh great! I was um, going to say what was the first thing you thought of, but then I was like, well, that might not be the order they have them in. Yeah, no, it totally <laughs> was. The first thing I thought of is the first thing I'm going to talk about. Perfect. Which um, is the transformation of Final Fantasy Seven into final fantasy 7 remake and future ones hopefully they'll still be good um (laughs) so i mean i think a lot of people know final fantasy 7 it was a big game back in the day for playstation 1 and i think it had like three or four discs which you know Mm -hmm. it's got story if it's got that many discs and both both are still good games um so I if you whether you play the original or the remake, you're getting a good experience, I think. And uh, the game follows this overall, I think so far, same major plot beats. You play as Cloud and his crew as they fight to save the world from an evil corporation. Um, There's a little bit of speculation in the remake as to whether... There are going to be some changes to the story in future games, but I mean, we won't know that until it happens. So <laughs> yeah. TBD. Um, but I mean, the remake has beautiful updated graphics, solid voice acting. They changed the combat from turn-based combat in Final Fantasy VII, the original one, into real-time combat, which I had to Google what that actually like means. But it's <laughs> they both have gauges, but yeah. the real-time combat is just a lot quicker. Though, if you were to buy the original, in air quotes, for like 
PlayStation 4 or 5 or Xbox or Switch, they have fast forward buttons now. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like Thank a goodness. huge plus. Yeah. Such a blessing when like uh, ports incorporate that or whatever oh my god if it's technically a port if they're do- if it has stuff like that but whatever you i don't know, know. I mean. <laughs> it's it whatever it is it's wonderful because yeah. turn-based combat back in the day was just so long i mean it's still <laughs> long right but yeah it was it was so much longer um so the kind of biggest thing is that uh remake the remake takes about you know, the first couple hours, the first few hours of Final Fantasy VII and dives fucking deep. It like turns it into a 35. <laughs> it turns like five hours into 35 or 40 Damn. hours. Yeah. So you get a deeper look at, the, I mean, the main characters, but also side characters. You get to know them a lot more. Um, you get a, more of a feel for the, you know, setting of Midgar, which is the first area in the original Final Fantasy. So it, it just like goes deeper into a lot of things. And as someone who enjoys character and story and all that kind of stuff, I'm so fucking jacked about this game. I, <laughs> I'm like, ooh, maybe I'll replay it again because the, the second installment is i think supposed to come out within the next year who knows if that'll actually happen so i'm like maybe i should play it again but i have so many other <laughs> games i should play but final fantasy 7 into the final fantasy 7 remake trilogy um is a transformation that i'm super grateful for yeah question for you yeah um did you replay the original prior to remake coming out or had you played it a bunch enough to remember or did you just go right into it and stuff was coming back or like I, I guess like my concern would be like what if I don't remember stuff like did you do you feel like you remember enough or is it just like similar enough that it's all just knocked back into memory yeah so um a little bit of both so I didn't play the original before I went into the remake I played the original I shouldn't say I didn't play it recently I played the original in my youth and mm-hmm. then I played the remake and then I started playing the original again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I remembered some things, uh, but I, my memory is my memory. So I didn't you remember a lot. So it was like, <laughs> Oh, this is fun. Is this new? I actually, when it, it came out and after I finished playing through, I read a lot of articles about, the similarities and differences between nice. the two. Um, and then I started playing the original again. Gotcha. It is wild to think that our first two are the same timeline, essentially. Yeah. Pokemon and Final Fantasy VII came out like within a couple, if not less than a couple years of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's wild. I want to, I really want to play Final Fantasy VII. I've never played it before. Um, and it has been on my list basically forever. Uh, <laughs> and now there's the remake. So I just like, don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the good news is that either way yeah. you're in for a treat. So yeah. it's whether you want polygon, uh, people or more realistic people. Yeah. I think, I think, and maybe we're, we're working through this right here live on the podcast, but like, I think maybe I should just play the remake. Like, I think if I'm going to treat it like I'm trying to work on like 
other types of adaptations or remakes or whatever. Like, I don't need to play the original one in order to enjoy the new one. Correct, yeah. And if it's going to be an obstacle to me playing either one, um, I shouldn't worry about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I will say, if you're not a fan of turn-based um, RPGs, even with the fast-forward button, oh, I mean, sure. that's, that's combat, baby. So, yeah. um, <laughs> go for the remake if you're not, if you're yeah. not into that. Either way, I'll be sure to talk about it here when I do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be ready to listen. Hell yeah. Well, what's your what was your second? Yeah, so my second one is the one that I actually am most glad we did this episode for because it was the one that was born out of like trying to recall games I played and enjoyed but haven't necessarily thought about in a while, trying to think of characters that underwent some sort of transformation like story-wise or narratively Mm -hmm. um and i landed on the character of clementine from the (gasps) telltale walking dead series oh my gosh doug that's so good yes because i i was really struggling i was like i i i want a character that very clearly starts in one place and undergoes a massive transformation um and i there aren't a lot of games i've played tons of entries of the series in so like even things i could think of that would apply i couldn't speak to right Mm -hmm. so like i know god of war is one where you could talk a lot right Mm -hmm. about characters undergoing changes but i haven't experienced them Um, i'm sure i don't even want to keep listing examples because that you might have some of them on your (laughs) list but i could think of lots of examples that would fit this episode but that i couldn't necessarily speak to clementine i can speak to i played those games Um, i anticipated those games i was playing them as they were coming out um, and I, I love the character of Clementine. I love the character yeah. of Lee and I love the character of Clementine. Um, if folks aren't familiar with the Telltale Walking Dead series, one, that's wild because they were so huge when they came out, mm-hmm. but no one's really talked about them in a long time. Um, they focused uh, in the in the first game on this duo of an older, not older, but like a, an adult man uh, who takes care of a younger girl. Sounds very Last of Us, but is in fact The Walking Dead. Um <laughs> And the little girl's name is Clementine. And when you start the very first game, I think she's like eight years old. Yeah, she's a baby. Um, And then she stays a character throughout the series. And by the time you're done playing the games, she's like 16 or 17 years old. So you've played her journey of almost a decade. um, And she goes from being this little sort of... um, abandoned isn't the right word because it's a zombie apocalypse but like lost girl essentially um who needs taken care of into the protagonist in a zombie apocalypse property where Mm -hmm. she's very capable and making decisions of her own that are as difficult as the ones lee was making for her when she was a child so um it's really fucking cool getting to watch all that that's so good doug it's i'm so glad uh, honestly, I'm so glad we did this episode because it's making me want to go back and replay those games. I was just, I was like, maybe I should play The Walking Dead. <laughs> What's wild is that, like, like the fleetingness of what is considered, like, the behemoth whatever in pop culture is so wild, right? Yeah. Like, for a while, those games, I feel like anybody who could play them probably played at least some of them. Yeah. Um, or played them with people or watched somebody play them. Um, and part of that was just because The Walking Dead was so massive, but they're also just really good games. Yeah. Ooh. With really good characters. So uh, Clementine's amazing. I, there's more Clementine stuff than I even realized. I guess there's a comic that focuses on her. Um, mm. And uh, 
and you know i played the 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 latest the later entries of the game later than i think they came out so Mm -hmm. i don't have as great a memory which is like i said making me really want to go back and replay the whole series yeah so definitely clementine i think is potentially my favorite example of a of a character transformation uh, over the course of many games yeah Ooh, that's so good <laughs> good job doug's brain Whew, we did it <laughs> <laughs> well what was the uh the second thing you thought of yeah so the second thing i thought of um is from i i i guess i was thinking a lot about games when i was younger so mm-hmm. uh i was thinking about a, Z- a zelda game so majora's mask the yeah. game where there is a moon that has a scary face that stares at oh you my God. and you wear masks i'm so, so glad i didn't play that game as a kid because like <laughs> one of the things that i like had nightmares about most as a kid or like feared in media as a kid was like floating disembodied heads you know not necessarily in like a gory way it didn't have to be like like bloody or anything just Just like the idea of a a head that wasn't attached to anything that game would have scared the shit out of me yeah for sure and it's i mean i don't have that specific fear but that moon is scary yeah Uh, it's terrifying (laughs) um so in this game so generally in zelda games you there are certain kind of beings that you tend to meet, right? So there's Gorons, the big beefy. Yeah. um, Like mountain folk, right? They're like mountain or desert folk. Yeah. 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 Mountains. Uh, There's the Zora, which are the kind of fish like people in the water. (laughs) There's the Gerudo, which are the desert people um, that are usually women. Um, And normally these you know, beings are all around different kind of dungeons that you, or temples in Zelda terms, that you go in, you get new powers, you get new clothing, all this kind of stuff. In Majora's Mask, um, you, there are still these beings, right? These communities, um, but you get masks that you can wear that turn you into some of them and give you those powers. So like you get a, a Goron mask, you put it on and you turn into Goron Link, who is super strong, uh, or you get a Zora mask and you put that on and you turn into Zora Link, who can swim underwater super gracefully, right? Um so the masks in this game, at least some of them, totally transform you into different links. Some of them don't transform you, like, you know, the bunny ear mask um, that makes you go super fast and is actually in Smash Bros. That's the... Oh my the, like, gosh, ears. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's from Zelda. Uh, that just makes is you... Is it just ears in the game too? Or yeah. is there a full mask? Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, it makes you run fast, but you don't no turn into a from. bunny. Um, but there are, I think, four or five that transform Link. And there are like really intense uh, kind of transformation scenes where you put on this oh. mask and like colors swirl around you <gasps> and all that kind of stuff some of them are a little scary i'm not gonna lie <laughs> see what's funny about me not playing that game as a kid because it would have scared me is that everything you're describing sounds very much my shit now <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean it's on the switch online expansion yeah. stuff yeah it's a solid game I, well, they also did they they did eventually release it for 3ds too right yes. so yeah yeah um, yeah Multiple there's a couple platforms. ways you could could do it um 
but yeah that is it okay have you played it recently i've played bits of it recently but not all of it one of the things that makes me nervous about playing it is i do know that it's timed is that as stressful as it sounds so or seems i i don't think so because you okay. can like mess with time Oh, okay. Because I played, I've played Ocarina of Time, and I really like it. I thought it was really cool, and I know it's sort of built. I know it's not the same game, like at all. Yeah. But I know it's sort of built similarly. Yeah. Um, and at least the way you like literally sort of play it mechanically. There, um, there is like a, a a timer, right? And the moon will get closer, but you can do things to like reset the clock oh. and have to do things to reset oh the my clock God. I so didn't like even know that because like as a I child been stressed <laughs> yeah as a child there was no way i was gonna beat the, this game quickly yeah. um so yeah there are definitely okay. things i think it's probably playing the ocarina or when you transform your ocarina turns into like a flute or a guitar or drums or something so okay. play your instrument and mess with time, I think, is how you do it in this game, too. Though I can't fully makes remember. Sense. That makes sense. I mean, if it's the same sort of universe as Ocarina of Time, that makes sense to me. Yeah. But who knows what the Zelda universe, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Although it's... I think that one's explicit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Well, I'm, I'm excited to hear your your final pick. Yeah, this is one that I actually just uh, played within the past couple days. Oh. Um, it's a super short game. I wonder if you've played it before. Uh, it's called Florence is the game. Oh, no, uh, but I've the, seen that. It looks yeah, cute. It It is. And the character is Florence Yo um, from the game Florence, um, but also <laughs> the game Florence. Uh, it is super duper short. You can play it in like an hour. Oh, nice. Um, it is on Switch. I played it on uh, my phone because I think it came out as a mobile game first. Uh, I'm glad I played it on my phone. I may end up getting it again just to see how it plays on Switch. Hmm. Um, A lot of it is sort of, everything I did was like touch-based and built around touch, so I assume it can play the same way on Switch. It would be weird if it didn't. Definitely handheld at least, right? Yeah, you would think so, right? Um, But the reason I, I felt it made sense here is... One, I think that the way the game communicates story and dialogue is kind of transformative in its, like, it, like by nature. Hmm. Um, I think, you know, there there is no voice acting and there is next to no dialogue written on screen. Hmm. Um, but there is a clear story being told and there are conversations being had between characters and like full emotional journeys being had that I think are all really clearly communicated based on how you interact with what is happening on the screen. Um, and in ways that I have not seen in a game, not that I've played every game or I'm like super, you know, well-versed, but just in ways I'd never experienced. Mm -hmm. And the game itself is about a character transformation. So it's about a character who, yeah, who kind of, um, I think needs something and maybe thinks they have it in one way and then find out they get it a different way Mm. Um, and ends up, I think, sort of better and happier by the end of the game. Uh, And I think it's kind of an inspiring game. I felt really connected to it. I felt like it was um, like a universal truth, but I also felt very connected to like the specific story that Florence goes through. Um, And I think it's, uh, it's just a beautiful 
beautiful little one hour arc and transformation of a character's perspective. Damn, <laughs> you're making me want to play it. I, I highly recommend it. I mean, if you play it on your phone, it's like $3. If you play it on your Switch, it's like 6 Like, it's a cheap, short, yeah. beautiful game. Like, I want more games like it. Yes. Yes to the short, <laughs> as I've been talking about Final Fantasies and Zeldas and <laughs> Walking Dead series. And I'm, you know, on hour 300 of Pokemon or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> of the uh, same one game. Yeah. It's good to have a balance, you know, yeah, for short sure. games with your long games. Yeah. But I, uh, I think it's really worth it. I think, uh, I think folks should check it out. And I, since it is so short, I'm like hesitant to say anything too right. specific about it. Cause like, you know, I don't want to take anything away from the, the experience, um, but I think it makes a lot of sense when you play it, like what that sort of transformed version of storytelling is. Yeah. I similarly don't want to ask too many questions. So I guess I'll sure. ask the question, how did you come across this game? Had you heard about it before you saw it? Um, Before I saw it, no, but I have been eyeing it for so long. Okay. I don't know when it came out, but just the art style of it appealed to me. Mm -hmm. um, I actually didn't even really know how short it was until right before I got it and was just sort of like, oh, this is cool. Like, I, I don't really want to play a long game. So it's kind of perfect right now because yeah. I can play, you know, I looked it up and saw it was an hour and it, that felt good to me. Uh, it does, you know, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it does. And mm -hmm. I think it was just like the right time for me to get it. So I didn't really know anything about it. I just had seen basically like what the switch had on it, like the <laughs> screen grabs or whatever. And was like, this feels like it might potentially be my vibe. And it very much was nice. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm probably going to cool. play it cheap and short. I love that. And good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, what's your, uh, what's your last one? Yeah. So my last one um, is another Final Fantasy thing. Um, I was in the, the RPG field, I guess. And yeah. uh, this time it's a character. So Ooh. my last one is Yuna from Final <gasps> Fantasy X and X-2. What a good pick. Yeah. And a good pick because, well, one, I know you've talked about it. That was like a one of the games that made you feel feelings, TM, when you were younger. <laughs> Similar to me, right? So it's yeah. one that's important to me. And um, I've recently been replaying, uh, replaying 10. And in Final Fantasy X, Yuna, so she is um, part of the main party, but she's not the protagonist. And uh, she's extremely kind and quiet and sincere and kind of like meek. Like, let's, I feel like she lets people kind of control what she does or choose her direction. She doesn't mm -hmm. kind of enact her own will. She kind of goes with what others, what others think. Um, and she's also a summoner, which is, uh, in the world of Final Fantasy X and X-2, a religious figure, kind of like a priest type thing, maybe. Yeah. Um, and she's a healer, right? So she, that's the kind of general picture. I'm not going to talk specific story beats, but anything you would add to, to Yuna in Final Fantasy X, Doug? Um, I, I think... I mean, especially if we're talking transformations, like, yeah, she starts from this place of having like a very specific, almost strict vocation and, and like serves a community in such a way that they expect 
a lot from her and how she acts and behaves. Um, and then she goes on a journey, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like what more could you ask for? Yeah. <laughs> and the journey that she goes on in 10 leads her in 10 too, to still be kind and, you know, sincere and stuff, but she's way more outgoing and way more outspoken. So she's like, I'm going to do my own fucking thing. I'm even going to put on a goddamn pop concert. <laughs> and <Hell> yeah. <laughs> you're going to listen to me sing and be on stage in a way that I never would have been on stage. That's way more performative. That's way more. I mean, Final Fantasy character designs are always like risque, but way more <laughs> risque. Um, and she's also like way more kind of athletic and physical. So, um, as mentioned, she was a healer and strictly a healer in Final Fantasy X. In ten two, she can change like party classes, so um, she can like be a warrior and wield a sword. She can even play blitzball, which is the fun I think uh, sports game. <laughs> from Much Final more Fantasy fun as an 10. adult, I will say, than it was for me as a child. <laughs> yes, yeah, as a child, very. Um, frustrating as an adult i enjoy the strategy behind it yeah uh, yeah <laughs> so uh yuna going from this kind of meek people pleaser um who's kind and quiet right and all that kind of stuff but into somebody who actually prioritizes herself and is willing to like kind of speak up and stand up a little bit more um for what she feels is right instead of what other people are telling her is right yeah i love that yeah me too and not to like focus on like, you know, RPG female characters clothes too much because like you mm -hmm. could forever. But I do think it's notable. I mean, you mentioned like most Final Fantasy characters are wearing some sort of risque thing. I think it's actually kind of notable that Yuna's original appearance is probably one of the most conservative yeah, sort of Final Fantasy character designs. You know, the I think that speaks volumes. So her just sort of like getting to the point of looking like a more conventional Final Fantasy character, I think is very indicative of the, the journey and transformation she has. Yeah, that's a good point, Doug. <laughs> such a good pick. Oh, man. The yeah. way that you feel about the Clementine one, I feel like Yuna was such a good, such a good one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad we could remind each other Hell yeah. of uh, these cool characters and cool changes they go through. Yeah. It's such a broad category that I wouldn't be surprised if like down the road i think of more ideas and this ends up i mean no promises but like i feel like this is the type of thing now that i'm thinking about it could be a whole nother yeah. episode down the line where it's like oh my god i thought of more yeah <laughs> totally keep a running you list know? exactly exactly um cool well that was awesome i really like that especially because there were different kinds of things uh on our list so um thanks yeah. everyone for listening i mean if you thought of other stuff or if, if something immediately came to mind when we talked about video game transformations um even if they were very literal like i i almost was like what if i picked just like my favorite like literal transformation in a video game like sequence um mm. i would love to hear what comes to mind from people yeah. um if you want to let us know what those favorite transformations are you can do it a couple ways you can email us at novel gaming podcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on twitter at novel gaming pod if you do it on twitter you could even include like a video or a, mm. a clip of your favorite transformation Hell yeah uh, or just stuff from your favorite games if you enjoy what we're doing, please rate, review, and subscribe to Novel Gaming wherever you listen to podcasts. We would be super grateful for that. And hey, 
We'll be back in a few weeks with our next episode where we'll talk about Margarita Montemore's Una out of order. See you then. See y'all.